You're listening to an episode of the Life Equals Choices, Choices Equal Life podcast with your host, Kim Olver. This is Kim, and welcome to the 100th episode of Life Equals Choices, Choices Equal Life. If you liked today's episode, be sure to leave me a review wherever you listen to your podcasts and share with your friends on social media. Just don't forget to tag me at Olver International. Today, I have with us Charles Gill, who is the youngest of 15 siblings who grew up in Chicago's Ida B. Wells housing projects and Englewood neighborhood. He is the owner of Creating Life Goals, providing consultant services in information technology delivery, project and program management business growth. He's a keynote speaker, coach, does leadership development training, and helps people with personal and professional development. Charles is a 25-year IT professional and a 20-year Illinois Army National Guardsman and Iraq War veteran. He currently serves as Vice President of Business Development with Financial Aid Network. After failing sixth grade and getting kicked out of school, Charles graduated from Kenwood Academy High School. He holds a Bachelor of Science degree in Computer Information Systems from DeVry, Master's of Business Administration from Keller Graduate School of Management, Graduate Certificate in Health Services Management, AHIP Foundation Leadership Certificate, and an ITIL V4 certification. In addition, Charles is one of the founders and executive board members of Woodlawn Diversity in Action, 501c3, and a certified John Maxwell speaker, trainer, coach, and teacher. Charles has received many awards and accolades throughout his career. He is the recipient of the STEM Talk Award for Lumity, Impeccable Leadership Award with WDA, President Award from Blue Cross Blue Shield of Illinois, Perkins Leadership Award with AHIP's Minority Management Development Fellowship Program, Men of Excellence Award from Chicago Defender, Army Achievement Medal, Army Reserve Components Achievement Medal, Third Award, National Defense Services Medal, Second Award, Armed Forces Expedentiary Medal, Armed Forces Reserved Medal, NCO Professional Development Ribbon with numeral three Army Reserve Components Overseas Train. Wow, Charles, that's quite a bio. You have a lot of things that we could be talking about. And I want to thank you so much for taking the time out of your schedule to talk with us. The way that I actually met you was at a networking event for the Southland Chamber of Commerce, and you were talking about leadership. And I know that leadership is one of the topics I like to discuss on my podcast. And you had a book. I'd like to start by asking you about your book. Tell me about The Path to True Leadership and what inspired you to write that book. There was a couple of things that inspired me to write the book. I've witnessed and been part of many leaders across the military, professional life, in sports, and just a gamut of things. And I've seen so much poor leadership. I don't think people understand that when you play the role as a leader, you have an impact on people's lives. It can be positive or it can be negative. To help people get through that, all the experience I had in the military, all the experience I had in professional development, been successful in coaching sports, been part of sports, and where my faith lies, I found out that there are some fundamental principles to help people develop those leadership competencies they need in order, one, to be able to lead themselves, and two, how you start leading others. So you believe in leading self first. Oh, that's the number one thing. First thing you have to do is look in the mirror. 
before you lead anybody, you have to understand some of your weaknesses and your strengths. You got to be okay with them. And then you have to develop them as you grow, which you will never stop doing until the day we pass or the day we're called to glory, at least for me, to glory. (laughs) There's three things I focus on in the book when it comes to developing yourself. One, you got to believe in something other than yourself. You didn't create yourself, so you need to believe in something. For me, I'm a man of God. I'm a Christian. I believe in Jesus Christ. For somebody else, it can be Catholicism. It could be Buddhism. It doesn't make a difference, but make sure you get to that point where it speaks to your internal heart, what works for you. Two, you have to be physically fit in order to execute whatever your purpose is or whatever your personal goals may be. So being physically healthy and mentally healthy is really, really important in your growth. And finally, the thing that's important to me is making sure you educate yourself in your art. So whatever you're trying to do, continue to grow in it, whether it's through education, formal training, hands-on with mentors, whatever program or profile you fit into, you got to make sure that works for you. Those three things is what you need to do in order to help yourself grow. And one last thing is you have to put the work in to get it done. So each of those things you can write goals for, personal goals to help you stay on track, measure it, and see your own personal growth. I like that. So it sounds like spirit, heart head are the things that you're really talking about. I'm a relationship coach. So I wonder how relationships fit into the whole leadership piece. When you understand who you are, then it's no longer about you anymore. Now you can pay attention to listen to people. When you talk about relationships, it's good to try to understand who that person is. The trick is you have to remove all preconceived ideas that you have in your mind. I'm not saying this is easy to do. It took me a lot of practice to get there. And I still stumble at times. But when you just remove yourself and engage with the person and then seek understanding through questioning, make sure what they explain to you, you understand the same way. It's easy to help build a more productive relationship and understand if that's what you want in a relationship or not. It sounds a little like the art of war. You have to know yourself and know the enemy, but they're not the enemy. They're 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 your people, but you still have to know yourself and know them in order to be an effective leader, not only spirit, heart, and head, but also connections with others who are going to help you get the job done. I really like that. The other thing that I liked was you talked about being a continuous learner, which says to me that the leader needs to be humble while at the same time having expertise in the area that they're leading. So that seems like it might be a really fine line to walk. Can you say something about that? Sure. So I had an opportunity to take over. I spent 27 years at Blue Cross and I worked in about 14 different areas. After I got into leadership, one of the things that the C-suite would like for me to do is take over dysfunctional organizations. Some organizations I wasn't familiar with. So I took over a governance organization. I know what it means, but I don't know how to lead it. One of the things that I know as a leader, my job is to come in and help people understand what their role is and what the expectations of the role, and then how we're going to execute on that role. Identify some of the opportunities with customers, with the internal group figure that out, build vision and mission statement. Now the continuous learning, this is a trick that I learned in the military. They have this thing called trainer trainer. So me having these conversations with them, now I begin to learn what their job is about. And I use some of my coaching techniques in order to help me understand better the details around their work. Once I understand conceptually what the work is for a leader, 
because I'm not the one that's doing the execution of the work. I just need to understand where we're going and how we get there, which is important to me. If I understand that, then I'm able to lead the group much better. And that means sometimes making some bad decisions is okay. Own it, apologize, and let's move forward together. You just have to keep practicing that in order to get better. It can be challenging, especially working with a diverse group of people. I can imagine diversity is a big thing and not everybody thinks the same way you do. There are some things as a leader that you use at your disposal that helps to inspire people to want to follow you. You can have the title of leader, but if nobody's following that that expression, you're just out for a walk. You're not really leading anything. Right, right, How do you right. help people to actually want to follow you? There's a gamut of things, but I'm going to focus on a couple. First, you got to make sure that everybody understands we all moving in the same direction. I'm real big on vision and mission statements and writing smart goals. Make sure the goals are specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and time-bound. So for me, if I got those things engaged and people understand where we're going, now how do you build this cohesive team? One of the things I do is I'm big on taking people out. We're doing group exercises. So I had a group of people where I try to do once a quarter an event. It may be around health. So we're going to bike ride together at lunch. And then I treat everybody at lunch. And I also spend a lot of time one-on-one with people, just getting to understand who they are. They got kids. That's important for you to know if they're married, what their interests are, what's important to them, not what's important to you. I can give you a short story. I had a completely different nationality, female, that worked for me, and she loved cats, literally loved cats. I'm not a cat lover. One of her cats passed, and my heart went out for it. I actually bought her a car, and I actually gave her time off to spend time the way she wanted to, just understanding what she's going through. Oh my goodness, she appreciated it so much because I was really sincere about it. That's when people start to learn you better and know that you're here for their best interests. If you're here for their best interests, most people start running through walls for you. I did it in the military. I do it in corporate America. I do it with my relationships with friends. Just before I took the early retirement from Blue Cross, I had a 100% engagement score. And they didn't understand how when I'm leading people in multiple states and in different countries. That's that relationship piece that I mentioned. That's the relationship piece. You don't talk about it, but I think you're all about it, even though it's not part of what you naturally talk about. I think it sounds like it's a really important piece of your leadership. I wanted to ask you about the cover of your book. I find it really interesting. It's visually appealing. I love the colors. But the thing that's so interesting is you have a cross that's at the center, and then you have five people, which I'm assuming are all aspects of you and yourself. Can you tell me about that for the audience so they can get a sense of what that looks like and what it represents? When I wrote the book, one of the things that I wanted to capture all the characters and the roles I played in my life. Let's start with the first one, the man in the middle. That's my core. My faith is my core. What I believe is my core. I follow Jesus Christ, try to live my life like Jesus Christ. My core is what makes me the authentic person that I can become. In that core, I've been educated. If you notice one to the left, you have to be educated. You have to become educated. And I'm an African-American, so I can't do what everybody else does. It just doesn't work that way for me. And I know that through experiences and through my family. I have a big family. It can be challenging sometimes when someone is pursuing other things that other people do not want to do. I have that. You see a graduate on the end. 
Then you see the military guy. I joined the military when I was a junior in high school because my parents didn't have money for me to go to college. You can imagine, being the youngest of 14. Yes, I knew that. So I just asked my parents to sign me up for the Army National Guard, which later I got activated and took the first shipment from the state of Illinois over to the war in Iraq in 2003. Then you go to the right. That's the professional in me. One thing I always learned, especially in a couple of branding classes, my image is who I am. What people see me, that's the first thing they see is me. They ain't heard me say anything. If I don't look like I know what I'm talking about, then people usually dismiss me or dismiss who I am. But when they see me in a suit, I'm talking about diversity now, right? All walks of people, they seem to have a better respect for who I am. That's why I don't walk around looking like everybody else. So I wear a suit, get my shoe shine every day, have a fresh haircut. And then when I begin to talk, people can hear what I'm saying. And the final person is an athlete. I believe in health. Play a lot of basketball, football, baseball, softball. I'm just all around athlete. That athleticism helped me stay in shape. So now I'm a much older person. I don't play any sports anymore, but I do exercise regularly. I have personal goals for myself to make sure I stay on point with my exercise routine and my eating habits. Good eating habits, I should say. Yeah, I have some eating habits myself. They may not be labeled as good. <laughs> One of my favorite food groups is called chocolate. <laughs> it sounds like discipline is a big part of being a leader for you. Yes. I think I got that from the military. Of right? course. Yes. You know, because if it was up to me, I've watched a lot of people, lay a lot of people to have friends. They fail to just stay disciplined and focused. We need to write goals for ourselves, have them posted in our homes so that we can see them. Yes, if we fall off, at least when we come around, we see that goal again. He's like, oh, I forgot to do something. You can get back on track. That's one of the important things that I try to stress with people when you write. When you know who you are and where you are and where you're going, then write it down so you can see it and hold your own self accountable. And you become more disciplined and focused and make sure you achieve whatever that goal is for yourself. Yeah, that's great. You mentioned leadership competencies. How many are there from your perspective? And I'm wondering if maybe you could tell us about the top three that you think are most important. I actually brought up one leadership company I use that I learned from the military. It's called L-D-R-S-H-I-P. The L stands for loyal. Be loyal to yourself and who you are. The D stands for duty. Understanding your role, your position, whatever activity you have to do for that job or for your family. Make sure you understand your duty. R stands for respect. Respect yourself and everybody you engage with. S stands for selfless service. It's not always about you. H stands for honor. You got to have a lot of integrity. S stands for integrity. And then the P stands for personal courage. And let me just tell you something about courage. For African-American and corporate America, courage, I should just write a book on courage. Yeah. Because it takes courage just for yourself to step into what you believe and stick to it. It also takes courage to be able to accept feedback from people when you know you're not doing what you think you're doing right, you're actually doing wrong. That's why I'm big on assessments from a leadership perspective. You should have your staff assess you to make sure you understand that you're on the right track. Because if you're not, you need to change your leadership style in order to make sure you get back on track. Give them what they want because it's not personal. It's about them, it's not about me. And some of the things I tell people all the time is, you need to understand all the leadership styles because each person is so different that you need to apply the right leadership style to that individual. When it comes to group and teams, that's what the vision and mission statement for. 
we all moving this way. But how each person achieve or achieve the goals or help you meet that mission, then you need to understand what their motivations are. It's different across the spectrum when you're looking at diversity. So it takes a lot of listening, takes a lot of understanding, and it takes a lot of moving self out the way and meeting people where they're at. It sounds like when you talk about diversity, you're not just talking about ethnicity. You're talking about general differences, that people have differences in leadership style, differences in motivation, difference in thought, diversity of thought, diversity of problem solving and solutions. And I bet doing some of my own diversity work that you (laughs) find that people from different ethnic groups, different religious groups have similar leadership styles. So they can find that they have so much more in common than they do that divides them. And it can really solidify the team even better that way. Yes, I agree with you 100%. I'm real big and I'm pretty sure you are. You like to be around people with like minds. I had quite a few great mentors and coaches at the executive level that led me through a lot of things. I talk about them in my book too. I don't mention their name, but it's interesting that they've called me and let me know, hey, Charles, I didn't know I had that impact on your life. Yes, you did. Because <laughs> I'm very intentional about my leaders and my coaches and people. When you need some help and whatever that thing may be, you want a mentor to help you avoid from making those mistakes. And then you want a coach to help you understand your gifts and how you can contribute. And that's a totally different perspective when you're thinking about leaders and being around people of like mass. Yes, we do have a lot of similarities, but then there's a lot of differences too. It depends on what we're leading. But the fundamental principles are always the same. That's why you can get along. (laughs) I wanted to ask about some of those fundamental leadership principles. What would you say they are? So it's so many principles. I got so many things going through my head. I want to give you like the top two. One of the leadership principles that I would think for me is definitely the loyalty. You have to be loyal to your people. Your word is all you have. When you commit to something, make sure you commit to it. And secondly, lead by example. Whatever you talk about, whatever you do, if you're not walking that walk and not showing people that you are that person, you're kind of lost. People will not trust you. Well, you're a fraud important. at that point. Right, basically, right. <laughs> Let's call Thank it what it word. is. Right, I like that, right. You're a fraud. Right. Thank you. <laughs> I'm trying to be nice. <laughs> well, I'm totally with you because I teach some stuff as well that requires a disciplined walk. And if you're not walking that walk, you have no business telling people they should be doing it too because you're not right. doing it yourself. I'm 100% with that. And I think that that ties into another question I wanted to ask you about. You mentioned authentic leadership, and I wanted to know more about that. And I think probably part of it is walking the walk. That's got to be part of it. it But, But there's more to it than that because you tied authentic leadership to your spirituality or to your core or to that thing that grounds you. So can you say more about that? All right. So for me, I had a lot of challenges coming up. One of the things I want to talk about when you think about authenticity is being the person that you are, your makeup. I know what my weaknesses and strengths are. So when I'm authentic, I can be authentic in my weakness. I can be authentic in my strengths. Being authentic in my strengths is being humble enough to admit when I make mistakes and I get something wrong. Being authentic in my strengths is when I believe in my core. I would never deny my Lord Jesus Christ for anybody in the world. It's just not going to happen then I would never deny the fact that I love people enough that what they live by is important to me also, regardless if it's different than mine. I think where I struggle at, where a lot of people struggle at, is with these fears, being an African-American. You know, you got the fear of who you are, fear of being accepted, 
fear of failure. Those fears can prevent you from being the authentic person that you are. And one of the things that I find out is that when you become authentic, there's some consequences behind that. The consequences can be not good, but at least you'll feel good about what you believe in. When I talk about my core, I don't have as much fear as I had when I was younger. I'm not trying to fit in with people anymore. What you see is what you get. As I try to learn you, you try and learn me. And I can be completely open and transparent with people. Authentic is being able to do those things, which is important to me. I love that. And you've mentioned a few times about being African-American and the special challenges that that brings to particularly a leadership position. And I would imagine being pigeonholed, being misunderstood, being feared even. How do you incorporate all of that into the courage to give you that courage to stand in your authenticity and to be able to move forward given those special challenges? For me, it's the people. When you have people that support you, people who know and believe in what you do, people that you lead, that gives you that motivation, that helps me to have the courage to take on those challenges. And I'm okay with dealing with consequences. As long as I'm not going to jail or I don't fear death, really, but mainly being incarcerated, I'm not going to do anything to break the law. Then I'm going to do what needs to be done. I'm going to say what has to be said without fear of those repercussions because I'm okay with it. The most thing that can happen to any of us is you might get your feelings hurt. You might not be accepting to a certain group. It's okay. That is okay because you're not going to meet everybody's needs. They're not, not your group. It, right. They're not your group. And that's okay. But we can still respect one another. That brings me to one other question. I find that as people grow, because I'm a coach, so I know you do coaching too. As you help people grow, do you find, as maybe has happened to you, that as people grow, sometimes it's necessary to leave some people behind because not everyone is going to be able to go where you're going. Is that one of the consequences that you're talking about? Yes, that is definitely one of the consequences. I can tell you over the past five years, I've probably lost 10 or 12 40-year-plus friends because of the fact they want to stay where they're at. And I'm not there anymore. I'm beyond that. So I limit our engagement. I limit our relationship from what it used to be to where I have to continue to move forward. And then sometimes people just don't understand you. I've had people tell me, why do you do all of this? You do too much. Well, okay, this is what I love to do. I'm personal. You do what you love to do. And if you're not in that space, I'm okay with that. If you want to stay where you at, I'm okay with that too. But if you want to grow, I can help you make plans for yourself, but you have to put the work in. Can't do the work for you because I have too much work with myself and with my own personal life and goals and missions and vision statements in order for me to move forward. That's right. Nobody can do the work for someone else. Right now, I'm in Pennsylvania working at a drug and alcohol rehab, and I talk to the counselors about you can't want somebody's sobriety more than they want it. You can't do the work for somebody to be sober. They have to do the work. You can inspire them. You can show them the way. You can light the path, but you cannot do the work. And it's the same with anybody's life goals, whether they're personal, professional, spiritual goals. The person has to be the one that puts the work in. But sometimes I find it takes someone like yourself to see the potential in another person that they may not even see themselves. When you can look at someone and you can see the potential and you can hold up a mirror and allow them to see what you also see, that might be just what they need to inspire them to move forward. 
because the world likes to tell us you're all good. You don't need to do any better. You've worked hard. You don't have to go any further. Just kick back, relax, settle down. What's the drive? What's the hurry? But there are things I believe, I think you do too, that we're put on this earth to do. Yes, we are. (laughs) We're not living our authentic life if we're not pushing to do the things we're supposed to do that also include helping others. I don't think anybody's put on this earth to do something that's just for them. People are here to do something that contributes to the greater humanity. And when you know what that is, it's almost an offense against God to not do that. It is true. I agree with you 100%. I have a whole chapter on giving back. It's the Mm. last chapter of the book. It's not about you. I've been doing this all my life. I've been speaking in schools, colleges. I've been giving back for at least 40 plus years. Mm -hmm. I didn't have the perfect life like most people. Yeah, I grew up in some of the hardest neighborhoods in Chicago, where you hear people get shot every day, all day. I got family still living in these neighborhoods that I go visit. So for me, I can relate to a lot of people. And then being in the military and then going off to the war, I have a whole different perspective about life. Because unless you experience it, you would never be able to understand. <laughs> I can tell you some stories that make your head spin over at the war. You know, I was only there for seven months. That's a long time to live in the desert in tents and vehicles yeah. every single day and bombs dropping every day, all day. It's a different mindset for me. So when I came back, life was completely different for me. And then see things the same. And I love people. One of the things we need to talk about in leadership that we don't talk about, no one should be in a leadership position if they don't like people. It's just as simple as that. If you don't like people, you should not be in a leadership position because it requires you to engage with people. And people know that when you don't like them, they know it. You don't have to tell them. They go feel your energy. They go know it. If you're not aware of your own personal behaviors and action, people go definitely see right through. Yeah, I think that's right. Charles, I would be able to talk to you for longer than this, for sure, but we're reaching the end of our time. And I'd like to just ask if there's anything you would like to share with the audience that we haven't already talked about. Whatever you decide to do, try it. Make sure you write your own personal goals, post it. And if you fail at it, it's okay. Always change your mind. Everyone needs to make that leap. And as you make that leap and engage with people, you go have some failures. It's okay. Forgive yourself forgive the people and continue to move forward. Perfect. Thank you so much. (laughs) Now, if people wanted to get a hold of you and maybe wanted to talk to you about either getting your book or having you speak, or maybe have you do some coaching with them, how would they reach you? So you can reach me at charleslgill.com. You can also reach me on Amazon, Walmart books, wherever books are sold. But if you want to book me, I prefer you go to my website and book me. Purchase my book on the website. You get a 20% discount, a free gift, and free shipping. What's the web address? www.charleslgill.com. Okay, I'll be sure and put that in the show notes. Charles, I just really would like to thank you so much for taking the time to be with us and helping leaders be even better leaders than they are now. Thank you very much, Kim. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast and remember to leave a review and share with your connections on social media. I also hope you'll join me next week when I'll be changing the topic to self-discovery with author, speaker, and miracle creator, Marcy Shimoff. I'm looking forward to it. Talk with you then. This has been another thought-provoking episode of Life Equals Choices, Choices Equal Life. 
To listen to past episodes, please visit our website at lifeequalschoices.com or listen wherever you download your podcast. And don't forget, remember to subscribe.